I'm sure when you were surrounding yourself with your community and your people that make you feel good there wasn't a vetting process of how much money they had or went into the bank and you probably have no idea you know of those figures so because that's not relevant to you about your friends that's not going to be relevant to anybody really about you welcome to the put yourself first podcast inspiring conversations with badass women empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. Hi guys, today's chat is so inspiring and positive and full of really honest, practical advice. I am with Hannah, founder of Better Not Stop and stag and raven we go into some really deep stuff in this chat from how hannah was in over ten thousand pounds of debt and how she got out of that practical but also emotional advice for anyone going through that to building a business and a life around her values and what was most important to her she talks about the death of her father and how that's really affected how ballsy she is in terms of tackling a business, tackling her goals. What's amazing about a podcast interview is how deep people go within their story. And it's just such an honor to be a part of that and share that with you. So I really hope you take something away from today. I am certain that everyone will have a positive, inspirational takeaway from today. And be sure to check out the show notes as I will leave all of Hannah's links, including a blog post that she talks about within this chat that's full of practical tips and steps on how she physically got out of debt. What a vulnerable and hard thing to talk about. So thank you so much to Hannah for coming on. And without further ado, I will get into this because you guys are gonna love it. Hi everyone, welcome back to Put Yourself First. Today I'm with Hannah. Say hello. Hello. And yeah, we're going to chat about business today. I usually do loads of prep for the podcast interviews. um, And I definitely did some prep today. Like I have some points in mind to get the conversation going. But I do just want to see where where we get today. Because I feel like we're so on the same wavelength with everything. So I just think we could chat for about five hours. But we'll see what we get through today in an hour. (laughs) How long? How long the battery lasts on the laptops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Do you want to introduce yourself first of all? Introduce yourself um, a bit more about what you do and your business and the events that you run and all that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. So um, my name's Hannah. I live in Manchester. I'm originally from South London, as you'll be able to tell by my voice. Um, I've been up here for about six years working as an event consultant Uh, I went away in 2017 for a year traveling and since coming back I'm now working full-time on my own creative businesses I have uh, one called Stag and Raven which is a e-commerce store um, selling artwork by myself and homeware and by other artists based in the UK mostly tattoo artists and I also have an event and lifestyle site called Better Not Stop because I could see uh, there was a bit of a need uh, in Manchester for some more creative events, which are based mostly around an opportunity to meet other creative people and business owners. Um, And it kind of be a bit more structured. So we often have an hour long talk 
uh, but opportunity at the beginning and the, at the end to meet other people in the creative industries and make connections and the community. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I do. Fantastic. And before we're going to go into the nitty gritty, but I'd love to jump back then. So you were you were working for the man. You were working in you know. <laughs> a nine to five or more than nine to five and then you went traveling and then you started your own business so I would love to know the story behind that and why you chose to make that decision uh, well I mean it's, it's it's a long I'm 34 so it's a relatively long story but I spent most of my 20s working in the music industry um, and the events industry for other people and it's an incredibly cutthroat industry it's very stressful and often you're working on projects which perhaps you don't have complete control of so decisions might be being made which you wouldn't make yourself um, and then you're kind of working with the repercussions of that or you're working with really big teams and everyone's working on a lot of different projects so I, I found working in that industry quite very rewarding but also quite stressful and when you're not the owner and you can't make all the decisions yourself sometimes that can be quite difficult especially when you're a creative person and you've got a bit of a vision. Um, So when I went away last year, I went away for just about 10 months. uh, And when I came back, I knew that I could go straight back into the same industry, get some more freelance work, um, working for some... I was At this point, I have been working for some quite big blue-chip clients. um, But my passion wasn't there and I wanted to make sure I've been blogging for five years and I wanted to be making sure I was kind of living uh, cheesy living my truth so kind of practicing what I preach basically so when I came back I thought right I'm going to try and make a go of it myself and it just so happened when I came back my business partner in Stagham Raven had decided that she wanted to do the opposite which was go to a corporate uh, job with um, a regular nine-to-five with a regular paycheck. So I was given really an opportunity to take over that business and make it what I wanted it to be and also to build my own kind of events, um, creative consultancy business. So I decided to give myself till the end of this year, and we're recording this in November 2018, um, give myself to the end of the year to try and make it work. And if I couldn't, to go back to uh, event contracts but luckily um, I've been able to make it work and I think a lot of that's got to do with the fact that it was my worst nightmare going back to working for other people so (laughs) I made it work. (laughs) Yeah I, I love that and I love how honest you are about that because it's so easy to sugarcoat it especially when you're first starting out I feel like people feel like if they don't portray this image of themselves on social media that their business is thriving and they're perfect and they're earning shit loads of money like no one's gonna no one's gonna come on and say oh yeah like I've only given myself a year to make this work and if it doesn't then I'm gonna go back <laughs> like no yeah I, I just love how refreshingly honest that is well I, I think since coming back as well I've noticed there's some really great communities in Manchester now which either I didn't know about or, or didn't exist in the way that they exist now. So for me, We Blog North has been a huge support um, because for me, that's not a blogging, just a blogging community. It's just a community of kind of independent, creative people. 
Um, and I think surrounding yourself, and you'll agree with this, cat, like just reaching out, trying to meet people for coffee and surrounding myself with other people and being honest about the problems I'm facing in my business has made people open up to me about the problems that they're facing. And um, once you realise you're not the only person having those experiences, it just in general becomes less scary because you're not having it as like this secret monster in the attic. You're like, hi, that's a problem and I'm going to tackle it. And how have you tackled it? And yeah, that's made things a lot easier for me anyway. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like since breaking down that perfect image and just talking about real shit in on my social media, like with my clients, being honest about like who I am and my own struggles, sounds really cheesy, but it's almost like you when you open up about all that stuff, it gives other people permission to open up about theirs doesn't it and yeah it's actually strengthened my business like talking about talking about what's not working or like what I'm struggling with has improved my business which sounds really counterproductive but it's true no it is true because actually exactly the same has happened for me so my most read blog post last year was how I got out of 20 grand's worth of debt and now travel the world and I was actually like, this is actually how I got into debt. This is actually how I got out of it. You know, I was that you know, tangible, honest um, stories about how that happened. And the amount of people that I still have reach out to me on social media or, you know, private messages or email saying, I've read that and now I'm going to tackle my debt problem or this has happened. And then this year when Kate decided to leave the business and I managed to kind of have that time to look at um, what I wanted to do with Stag and Maven. Um, and I decided to leave the shop we had in Afflix because for me working in a shop front for six days a week, wasn't going to be productive for the other projects I wanted to work on. Um, I took a huge, uh, huge loss in my in- monthly income and I hadn't been making any money from Stag and Maven anyway. And I basically put an Instagram post out um, and an email out to my uh, email list for Stag and Raven and said, I'm really struggling for money at the moment. Like Kate's left the business. I've decided to close the shop. Uh, you know, I've, if you've never bought anything from me before and you're just signed up, please take this. I would really, this is a weekend. I would really appreciate it. I'm having cash flow issues. <laughs> and um and because I was completely honest and I wasn't just like, here's a little sale for everybody. I was like, I'm having a sale because I need the money. I had people, apart from the fact I had like a couple of hundred sales from that weekend, which was insane. Um, I had people emailing me and saying, I signed up to your email list two years ago and you've prompted me to buy something from your shop because I've always thought I'll get something from there and I've never got round to it and I'm really into supporting small businesses. Um, so, yeah, so for me, every time that I've actually been honest and I don't expect people to be as honest as I am about my finances, which is a huge part of running your own business, um, I found that when I am, people acknowledge it and appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, that's so powerful. <laughs> I, love, I just love that story. And it goes back to the whole thing of 
feeling like, oh, you don't want to talk about your business, you don't want to tell people what you do, you don't want to ask people to buy your shit or hire you <laughs> when that's yeah. what, that's how you make a living. Like, I think it goes to exactly. show, like, some, you know, not every single day spamming people, but, you know, when, when you want to or when you need to, actually being like, hey, guys, I do this cool thing, do you want to pay some money for it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> So, to, I don't know about this debt story, so I'd love you to go into that if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. So, um, basically, I guess um, I was in about £20,000 worth of debt when I was after university. So, I went to uni. Uh, I've come from, um, uh, we didn't have a lot of money, basically, when, when I was a kid. So, when I went to uni, um, which had never been on my plan anyway. Um, we I had a death in the family and um, I just needed to kind of get out of town. Um, so I went to Scarborough to, to do a tourism management degree. And while I was at uni, I had no money because I didn't have any financial support for my uh, parents. So um, I decided to get a job in a restaurant. And basically the, the only day that was, um, the only night that I could go out was a Monday in the nightclub night on a Monday was rubbish I started my own club night so basically I actually started to run quite a successful event business while I was at university but along with the amount of money I was earning I was also I'm also incredibly good at spending money so I was it was coming in and out like faster than you know you can imagine and I had quite a lot of credit cards it was really easy to get a credit card uh, back you know back when I was at uni and they you know if you hit your limit they would just stick another 500 on another thousand on so I was just kind of living this kind of like quite high paced lifestyle and I was with a partner who was, um, he was in and out of work, but he um, helped contribute to that debt. And basically through a culmination of quite a few things that happened in the last six months of um, me being at university and finishing my degree and staying in Scarborough, um, I'd had I'd got a business line, but it was a personal guarantee, and some stuff went wrong, and some stuff happened in my personal life, and I ended up um, moving moving away on about yeah, just I would say maybe eighteen to twenty thousand pounds worth of debt, and then suddenly not having a lifestyle that sustained that, suddenly having a job in a bar and living at home, and not even being able to pay my minimum payments. Um, so it was a real wake-up call, basically. Um, and I spent a lot of my 20s struggling with money and paying back. Uh, I ended up eventually um, getting a loan, uh, getting an, something called an IVA, which is an involu- individual voluntary arrangement, which you basically put all your debts together and you say, this is how much money I'm earning, this is how much I have left at the end of the month, and then um, they will help you kind of pay back as much as you can to all your creditors and all your creditors agree to kind of stop chasing you for money and just take from this kind of pot that you have left at the end of the month um and that takes five years um I had to take a few breaks during that um because I I had some more issues uh in my 20s I'm I've um I had uh surgery a few times um my father died um so uh, those arrangements, they basically, you have to say, this is my rent, here are photocopies of all my utility bills, they have a certain amount of money every month which you're allowed to spend on food and travel, and then basically anything that's left out the, at the end of the month has to go on your debts. So 
it's yeah it's it's a constant kind of struggle I was quite lucky I you know I'm single so um I could kind of manage I didn't have kids you know so it was a lot easier for me to deal with um I I think that financial difficulty then perhaps it is for a lot of people that find themselves in that position but yeah so yeah I kind of got myself out of that debt and um now I spend a lot of my time traveling I guess that it was a kind of clickbait article which worked because a lot of people clicked on it but yeah now I do spend a lot of my time traveling and I don't have I don't have any debt anymore and I probably live a life then when people look at it now they're like oh you know you've traveled to like five different countries this year for work and you're doing this that how exciting and I just think yeah because I really see the value of money now whereas I didn't before and I prioritize what I'm doing with my life which is stuff I like doing rather than stuff I don't like doing um but yeah that that's the financial story I was not in a very good financial place and that's affected a lot of the decisions I've made with my work and my business as well yeah that's amazing thank you for sharing (laughs) it's such a long story but um yeah it was it, it was pretty tough and I think sometimes you hear those stories and it's people who travel the world but they've just had a job in the city you know of London and they're like oh I sold my house and my Porsche and now I live on a beach (laughs) and it's like oh great for you you know or there's adventurers um who come from wealthy families and it's like oh I sailed around the world and it's like yeah because your parents paid for you to learn to sail from the age of eight you know um and I think just maybe my story has resonated with people because it's it's realistic and I wasn't going crazy you know it was just that extra 200 300 pounds a month for four or five years you know that got me into that situation so it's you know it's easy to do and I don't think there's anyone out there that hasn't struggled with money at some point or is struggling with money at the moment yeah we we need to talk about it more don't we especially as women what would you say to someone then because I feel like what you've just said is so will be so relatable to people like it it adds up slowly over time and it's habitual especially now I think you know in the social media age people want to feel like they need to be spending more like have more have this certain lifestyle that they might not be able to afford if someone is in that situation right now you know from like an emotional perspective obviously people can get the practical tips on your blog and I'll link it in the show notes. But what encouragement would you give someone if they're going through that right now? Uh, you're not your bank balance. You know, you don't. You wouldn't judge your friends. You don't. You've you've made friends with your friends because you like them. You know, you and they make you feel good, and you like spending time with them. I'm sure when you were surrounding yourself with your community and your people that make you feel good there wasn't a vetting process of how much money they had or went into the bank and you probably have no idea you know of those figures so because that's not relevant to you about your friends that's not going to be relevant to anybody really about you so for me it was owning it and being honest and me talking about it openly is is something that I do because I did struggle to find other people that talked openly about their financial situation um uh yeah i just think if 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 you're having financial difficulties it's sitting down looking at where you are knowing knowing what the elephant in the room is and giving yourself time to deal with it i think 
is not realistic, you know, just, you know, finding out what your debts are and then taking on a second job, you might have kids, so that's impossible, or taking on a job at all, you know, or, you know, only eating beans for six months so that you get out of it. You've got to be realistic with your expectations and I guess speak to yourself the way you'd speak to your friend if your friend came to you and said, I'm having these issues, can you help? Um, that would be that would be like from an emotional level I would be like talk to yourself as you would talk to your best friend if you're beating yourself up about things like that yeah great advice for any situation but I think particularly in these types of situations where there's probably so much guilt and shame and just I just can't even imagine what that was like uh, what practical things did you use to support yourself then throughout that time I want to jump into like business stuff soon but I just want to yeah. know was there anything that you did personally day to day to give yourself that emotional support yeah well obviously acknowledging what my final what my overall debt was and finding a path that worked for me to pay that off was kind of the big first step um uh, money saving expert is probably the best financial resource online I think with Martin Lewis and it was through the forums and being able to talk confidential confidentially to people in those forums that I realized that an IVA was the right route for me and um, bankruptcy for me wasn't the right route because uh, one of the reasons is you can't um, become a director of a company if you've gone down that route maybe the rules have changed now you couldn't then it's much more difficult to get a mortgage things like that and um, for me it also you have to pay like 300 pounds to become bankrupt and I didn't have 300 so I couldn't actually afford to become bankrupt which is crazy really um but also I in my case I had acknowledged that I wanted to be able to pay this money back as much as I as much as I could so I chose yeah I chose that I completely like lost my train of thought there but yeah no no it's God so it's the because it's a big mindset decision isn't it to, yeah, to definitely. acknowledge something that you've not been acknowledging and yeah I think it's great to know that they have a forum and you can reach out to other people in the same situations or people who know more about money than you because it's really intimidating Ooh. to book an appointment with the bank or like these big official people but just talking to people online about it that's amazing great yeah. great and I did just yeah and I did sorry and I did discover minimalism so for me minimalism has been something that's like that I would say beyond talking to other people having a new mindset about what was important in my life um and how to tackle money issues using the concept of minimalism and simplifying your life and prioritizing the important things like your family and your friends and your relationship and how you're spending your time um was also a huge uh, a huge thing for me and it has been a huge thing for a lot of people I know that have had that similar situation um, so I would also um, check out kind of any sort of minimalism blogs and their kind of mindset on how to look at your money situation I found really useful yeah because in a situation like that it is you, you have to change your whole lifestyle don't you you yeah. you've probably become accustomed to having you know paying a really expensive lease on a car or renting yeah. somewhere that you might not be able to afford or, or you know buying certain like shopping in certain places and yeah I think 
in the modern day, all those things are so glamorized and so much like oh, we're just encouraged at every angle to want more and feel like we're not good enough if we don't have all these yeah. things. But yeah, I think it's really important to acknowledge that if you're going to go through that journey, you have to change your mindset around what your worth is as a human being because it's not how much is in your bank, as you've said. It's not like the car on your drive. It's who you are as a person and that shouldn't have to reflect in your belongings. Exactly. Yeah. Right, so you mentioned before um, you started to think more about like using your life to do the things that you enjoy and not do the things that you don't enjoy which I just love yeah. <laughs> um, I often like talk about it from the perspective of values because um, I feel like if we if people get if people got more clear on their values whether they want to start a business whether they want to stay at home with their kids whether they want to you know quit their job and travel the world whatever they want to do I think it all starts with sitting down and having that self-awareness and realizing what you love and want the most out of life so what was that like for you like just what was that mindset shift and that decision like for you well I think the the main the main part of that for me was when my dad died so my dad um and me didn't have the I, I don't want to create some sort of like rosy um uh rose tinted spectacles about our relationship we didn't have we, we didn't have the best relationship we had a bit of a difficult relationship my parents divorced when I was younger um and we kind of uh got back together I guess uh, just you know in his late 50s um uh, and unfortunately he retired he he'd worked for uh a big pharmaceutical chain uh, for his entire life <laughs> and um, and um, just before he was due to retire at 60 they kind of reshuffled his department so that he would have to retire at 59 which would affect his retirement package which was really sneaky so he had kind of had all that stress to deal with and then when he retired he found out a few months later that he had um cancer and then literally a few months after that he um he died so it was all really like this really stressful period in his life and in my life at the same time and I just moved up to Manchester then so um I actually ended up um I was traveling to Hastings as as often as possible from Manchester to see my dad in a hospice and one of the things he said to me was like don't wait don't wait don't settle that's where better not stop comes from he's like just don't wait for the right time to start doing the stuff you want to do because that's what he'd done he'd waited till he was 60 and he was going to travel and he'd got the caravan and you know he had all these plans for what he was going to do because he'd kind of waited and also the same as your thing you know he put other people before him he put his kids before him and his career and his work and he hadn't put himself first and it was just very sad to see a very physical close manifestation of what will happen what could happen or how you could feel you know if you're not living authentically towards the life that you want to be living so that that for me was a real sort of like wow this is when people talk about how they're like they have these life-changing moments for me that was that was a huge one but it's a constant adjustment every year every month 
of what my value set is because sometimes there are things that were important to me that just stop becoming important to you so I think it's also one it's sitting down and working out what your values and your priorities are now at this point in your life but also acknowledging that those will change because you're not the same person you were when you were 15 or when you were 25 so to have that same values to, to live for the for the rest of your life is just it, it's, it's not possible um, so it's really about deciding what those values are and also adjusting accordingly and I, I find sitting down I sit down once a month which might be too much for some people but sitting down regularly throughout you know you do have your goal setting handbook sitting down I, I would have sit down with that every six months you know every three months are these still my goals are these still is this still the direction I want to be taking um, because mine mine changes all the time so yeah yeah and our circumstances change and we change so much like mm-hmm. thinking back on this year I've changed so much and I feel like what what I hold m- more important now is completely different and it's only a year yeah so if you know yeah. if you've run, been running a business or working in the same job or whatever else for five plus years like you need to have that assessment with yourself and it all starts with self-awareness doesn't it I yeah think, definitely I think like being by myself outside of my business like just actually spending time by myself helps me structure my business because it that's when mm. I decide what I actually want to do when I just have that space like to be by myself whether it's meditation or like these goal setting sessions going back then to like how how you got started how so once you've made that decision how did you actually shape your business around your values because I feel like you do that really well and that's something you're really passionate about sharing with other business owners because we all just fit into this mold and we feel like we just slot into this super hectic lifestyle office life like you know we all fall into those habits so how did you consciously shape your business model around your values um I well I try to so thanks that's really really nice to hear um it's because I, I can change it I can change what my business model is every day if I wanted to obviously that wouldn't be particularly um helpful for everybody else but I I can make quick decisions on if something isn't working, I can change it and I'll allow myself the permission to do that. So for me, when Kate left Stag and Raven and I was working in the shop, you know, six days a week, um, I was thinking this is, you know, I'm not able to meet other business owners for a coffee or go to this or go to that or work on these other projects. This isn't working for me. Um, but, you know, I was earning a good amount of money from having a shop in Affleck. So I was like, if I close this shop, I'm not going to have this income stream anymore. Um, so I had to look at something not just from a kind of financial, not just from financial points of view, but from um, emotional points of view about how happy I'm going to be with my life. I don't earn a lot of money now compared to what I earned before, um, but I have so much freedom on how I'm spending my days. It's insane. And I think for me, running your own business is all about spending your time doing things you like doing because the same will be for you I'm sure and any you know anyone else we both mutually know and uh, outside is 
being able to be in control of your own time is the most important thing because time is money you know we spend we spend our time doing things to earn money we spend money and then to save our our time is time and money are intrinsically linked so actually time is kind of the more important of the options you want to be your priority should not be how much money you're earning but how you're spending your time and if you're creating a a job uh, which is earning you money and you're enjoying spending your time doing it for me that's the ultimate that's the ultimate goal and I've never felt that I maybe it's like a I don't know what the word is like overly confident but I always just think what's the worst that's going to happen is I might get in some debt or this might not work but I'm luckily that you know if the worst ever happened to me um, say from a financial point of view I would have my uh, friends and my family to lean back on who would help me get back on my feet I'm not proud you know I'd, I'd go and work any job that would take me if it was a financial thing so I think having that kind of what's the worst that can happen it doesn't work I'll just keep failing is has helped me a lot because I failed in a lot of things you know I haven't just like you know roll roll out of bed and just like check my bank account I've earned like 20 grand overnight and then I just send something to a virtual assistant to get on with while I drink my coffee you know I failed on loads of stuff but I think the more you fail on stuff the less scary that is because you've done it before and you'll do it again but then you're kind of rolling the dice and you're succeeding on other things so it's it's being less afraid of getting things wrong uh, is has been my best lesson in business really yeah that's huge and the quick decision making as well I think if you if you own if you own and run a business and if you run a business on social media which is like hopefully 100% of business owners now (laughs) yeah like there's so much that can change in a week in a month in six months time like you have to have those check-ins of yourself where you literally just think on your feet just make decisions I feel like people get stifled by Mm. the you know thinking about the worst case scenario or thinking about failing or fear of rejection or whatever it might be you have I think you have to have that balls to the wall sorry ladies ovaries to the wall (laughs) (laughs) like like you have to just make that decision like that because it is like that isn't it it's, yeah, it's, and it's and it's yeah, and it's not a big deal if you if you fail or you don't or you pitch for something or you send an email and they don't email you back. Like if if you put it out there that you want help or you want a client or you want somebody's business or somebody to work with you, the the worst thing anyone's ever going to say is no. But then you're exactly where you already are, so you might as well just ask. Yeah, you know, you might as well just reach out because if they want to ignore your email, that's fine. They're not the person for you to work with or if they're busy that's fine because it wasn't the right time for you to do something together but you're still going to be in pretty much the same position you are now so if if the worst that's going to happen is the answer is no you might as well ask the question that's that's kind of how I feel about it um and the more you do it the less scary it is so you know I've been doing that now for 10 years so it's it's not really scary for me to do that anymore yeah yeah it is a it is resilience isn't it and it builds over time when you're just yeah constantly scaring the shit out of yourself every day 
which I feel like is the job description of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But also surrounding yourself with other people who go, oh, yeah, I've done that too, or this, this thing happened to me. Because when you're surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs or people in your community or business owners who also own when they've not managed to do something or failed or reach out to you with a problem, you know, you're not the, you realise you're not the only person having those experiences. So it's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Find your tribe of people you can be exactly. brut- brutally honest with and they can be brutally, on- brutally honest with you, like in a loving way. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. Um, practically, I'd love to know, I want to get into some like time management stuff. Um, but for anyone listening who runs a business, <coughs> they might have that remote aspect of the business where as long as they have like a phone or a laptop and internet connection, they're fine. Um, how do you structure your travel plans around your business? Because I feel like that is one thing that many people would love to do and they're like, oh, Hannah's always jet setting off to a new destination every few months. I wish I had that flexibility, but my calendar is booked out 24-7. How do you yeah. physically structure like client work or events or anything else around your travel plans? Well, like, like I said, it can be quite fluid for me because I'm... So- because I'm the decision maker, so I can kind of switch stuff around. I tend to, when I went away for 10 months last year, I worked on Stag and Maven the whole time I was away. Um, and I also put on a, a music festival in um, in the Northern Quarter in November last year as well, and I was working on that remotely. And I've just, every time I think of it, it just reminds me of this point where I was on this beach in Cambodia trying to get the other hotel's Wi-Fi because our Wi-Fi was down, and I was just like... I'm on the most beautiful beach I've ever been on and I'm worried because I need to send a budget over. And I, and it was that moment where I thought, right, moving on when I do go away, that's all I'm doing because it's for me, I get the digital nomad scene, but for me, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on stuff when I'm doing this. So this year I've been on a lot shorter trips, um, to Europe um, and they've been for various things I've been to speak at a conference and I've been to another few conferences and I went away with my partner for a holiday and I went I've been away with a friend for a holiday and in those experiences I very much decide in advance of when I'm going away if I'm going to do any work on that trip or if I'm going to schedule any time for emails and things like that and then I really try and stick to that plan um my partner feels away quite a lot and we live together in Manchester. So the periods in which he's away, um, I might do, you know, quite long work days. Uh, but when the periods in which he's back and he might be back for two or three days before he disappears again, I'll, you know, take a day off and we'll, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday and we'll go and do something together. Um, I understand now, which I didn't think I understood at the beginning when you're an entrepreneur, uh, that there's always something to do so don't worry about it too much because you're not ever going to finish that list off but prioritize a lot of the things that you I've heard you know I've heard you say before I I always sit down and write I write like a massive list of everything that needs doing and then I then look at prioritizing that list so I do it quite analog and I also use uh, the project management software Trello which is like an online project management checklist in which you can kind of attach notes and documents to. 
So I will kind of have a, have a brain dump, then kind of organize it on my Trello board. And then based on that, then have a smaller list I've created of the, of the jobs that I need to do maybe that week. I tend to try and structure stuff uh, on like I do like a year plan and then a six month and a three month. And then I look at the month and then I understand stuff like that changes all the time. Um, so I, I I try to kind of brain dump in different places. So once I've done the big list, but then put it on the Trello, I try not to think about anything on that list. And I just try and think about stuff on my small list. Um, but I do, I do tend to be quite methodical in keeping those lists, but I am quite fluid in changing my plans as far as trips away are concerned. I don't like to work too much when I'm away because I feel like there's no point me being away then if I'm just sat looking at a laptop. Yeah, that's great. Really. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like everyone should have somewhere that's a go-to spot they always brain dump everything in because then like you say it can be so overwhelming to think there's always something to do but at least if you know what you need to do eventually yeah and it's in it's somewhere whether it's a notebook a bullet journal an app whatever like having that spot and knowing because I think we rely too much on our brain and we almost put too much pressure on our brain to retain all this information don't we that's why yeah. I call it a brain dump, because you need to get it out. Like it's not going to stay in your brain because you're just going to get stressed about that, like client cancelling on you or mm. like you know missing the postman or someone cutting you up while you're driving, and then the str- the cortisol in your brain is going to be like ah, and then you're going to be like oh shit, I forgot that amazing <laughs> idea that I had, that project yeah. that I wanted to start. I didn't write it down. What was it again? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I actually, I had got, when I was in, I think it was 2011 or 2012, I was in Laos and basically I got into this really bad uh, bike crash. And when I came back to the UK, I had to go to the doctors and they were like, what was your previous address? Where did you live before when you lived in Manchester? And I had no idea. I was, I was like, I don't know. And they were like, what, how can you not know it was last year? And I, I said, I just genuinely could not tell you at all. And they did some tests and they they think that I ha- have some short-term memory loss from when I crashed in Laos. So since then, I have this extremely convoluted system of how I, I take, I have a notebook for this, a notebook for that. I have Evernote on my phone. I have a Trello board. I have Post-its. I have a whiteboard. For me, that's a, if you watch, probably watch me use my system, you think I was completely mental as in, like, there's, like, and I mean that in, like, I've just, I've got no, I, I didn't mean that in a derogatory way, but you just think I was completely, like, crazy in, like, why is she doing it in this really roundabout way when she could just write a list? But it's, like, that is the process that I need to kind of go through for that list to make sense in my head. And I think when I was at university, I didn't have that weird system and I think I failed in a lot of stuff because we're told we have to do things in a certain way but actually you just need to find the right way for you because for me the the physical action of writing things down is part of that brain dump process and if I was just writing it down on a computer screen it wouldn't have the same emotional effect to me that that process had left my brain does that make sense yeah no 100% I'm exactly the same um, but I've you know I've got friends that 
have completely different systems. And I think the only thing you can do is look at all the systems other people are using and test them out and see which ones work for you. Um, because I'm, I would probably bet a million pounds my system would not work for anybody else in the entire world, but it works for me. And that's fine because I know it works for me. <laughs> so Yeah. And it, but even if someone is looking at trying to be more organized and they f- feel like they're overwhelmed by having to set, wanting to set up a bullet journal or whatever else, like mm. how much more, how much more headspace do you have day to day because of that? I know it's, it's, incredible i just try and get through to people that it might be effort on you know at the start because it's a new habit it's a new routine it's like a whole new system potentially if someone's going to be as detailed as you which i think as a entrepreneur like running your own business you kind of need to be um but once you've set it up like that's going to save you so much time you know it's probably going to earn you more money it's going to save you money it's going to save you just general sanity like i yeah that fit the feet if you've been at like rock bottom in terms of your organization where you're dropping like you're dropping the ball on things you're not getting back to important things that are earning you money or you're letting your clients down or you're letting yourself down that overwhelmed feeling is horrible and if you have experienced that it's just not for me it's just not worth getting to that point anymore I have to be organized I know and like things for me like I can't understand people when you look at their emails and they've got like 10,000 emails in their (laughs) inbox because one of my things is if I've got any emails in my inbox it stresses me out like, so I have to sit down at the beginning of the day and get rid of it. I have to have this inbox zero and everything has to have been assigned to a task. Even if I haven't replied to the email, I have to have read it and assigned it to a point when I'm going to reply to it. It's, it's, you know, but I've got, you know, I've got a friend who runs a very huge successful company and he's, you know, got 20 members of staff. But when I look at his phone, he's got all these unread emails and I'm like, how do you live? this is so this is stressing me out just looking at how you're managing things so everyone's brains work differently but I I definitely think like you said bullet journals are a really simple start and way to kind of create your own organizational system definitely yeah I need help with my emails (laughs) I feel like that's one area where I've not got a system in place so I yeah it's just not a good situation. But it's, it's what works for you. It I think work. a lot of people <laughs> say, oh, Hannah, you know, you don't... Just think of how much time you're wasting organising your emails when you could be making sales pitches or something. And I just think, well, you know what? You're probably right for your head. But for my head, I know this is really beneficial emotionally for me to have this system which I'm using so I'm that's why I do it yeah. you know and I think not every not every business decision is based around the financial impact it's going to have on your business it needs to be based around how it's mentally making you feel when you're approaching things yeah yeah so do you organize 
just selfishly asking this question. Do you organise your emails into like folders if you've not if you're not going to reply to them and you're not able to delete them there and then? Right. So yeah. So <laughs> so I've got I've got seven email addresses because I've got like one for better not stop, mm. one like kind of personal one. Um, I've got three or four different ones for stag and raving because I've got like an info one, one for accounts, um, one for like, you know, whatever, my personal one. Um, So yeah, I've got quite a few places that I need to be getting back to people. Um, What I tend to do is basically, if I read it, I've got to action something on it. And that action is either respond and then file it away. There's not like a there's no you don't really need to have a filing system I don't think because there's a search bar at the top of Gmail so it's you know you don't I don't think you need one um yeah so I either read it reply and then I remove it from the inbox because if I've replied then it's like not my problem anymore Uh, and then I'll just like yeah archive it um or I'll read it and then acknowledge that I've got to do something but it might take me 20 minutes or you know a day or whatever and then I'll read it and I'll um, put it on my to-do list but it will stay in my inbox but I tend to um, if it's on my to-do list and it's in my inbox it usually prioritizes anything else on my to-do list because I don't like having stuff in there but that's just me but yeah so there'll be stuff in there like unread email uh, like read emails still in in the inbox but they haven't been removed from there because I haven't done the task that is needed to get rid of them but then otherwise they're just archived um yeah so if it's like if it will take me like five minutes to reply to you I usually just reply straight away but it might be that it would take a five minute reply plus a task process which then I might not reply straight away does that make sense no it does it does and I need to be strict with myself on it because I am trying to block out an hour let's say throughout the day or an hour or two hours for emails and just spend my time doing emails in that hour and then leave my inbox and not just stare at it all day because that's so unproductive. But I need to get into the habit of actioning the big things because I'll do, I'll I'll be like, oh, I can't get back to that person straight away. I just mark it as unread and then forget about it. (laughs) And then I'm like, a few days later, I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that gives me anxiety. And also, like, for example, I've been away for the last three days and I, because I've got some client work on at the moment and some like projects that are time sensitive, I have my emails on my phone. But when I was in Romania last, um, uh, last month, I was away for just, uh, just under two weeks and I just put my out of office on and I took my emails off my phone. And then I was just checking my email once in the morning because I was like, if it's anything super urgent, then I'll get back to them. But they do know that I'm not checking my emails. Um, and I just didn't have them on my phone because it, that gives me anxiety even having my emails on my phone. I don't, cause I, cause I don't like replying to emails on my phone. I only like replying to them when I'm sat at a laptop because to me that's like work time. Um, so yeah, I actually, it gives me anxiety even having them on my phone. I, t- I, I try to take the app off my phone every few days, but then if I've got like a project on where I know I'm going to be out and about during the day and I might need to check them, I'll put my emails back on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do tend to just check in on my phone 
just so I'm aware of like what I eventually need to do <laughs> yeah. when I get to my laptop. Yeah. 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 And I've been away for three days and I've got just before I came on this call to you, I looked and I've got 200 unread emails across stuff. Yeah. And for me, I am going to have to acknowledge each and every one of them before I can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Probably not practical business advice I should be giving to anyone but that's that's the way it is right well we'll get into the quick round questions then so you can get off and do your emails (laughs) gonna take you a while (laughs) right these are the questions I ask every guest at the end of the podcast and the first one is what is your go-to self-care ritual after a long day cooking dinner so I am not very good at working in the evenings I know some people are night hours but for me the work day is you know nine till six if I even wake up that early so when it gets to about six seven o'clock for me it doesn't matter how much I've got on that's a time I mentally need to be shutting off so I will shut my computer off and I will stick a podcast on or Netflix on my laptop in the background and I will cook a meal and I love to cook for me it's it's one of my favorite things to do. So the, the process of cooking that meal and then eating that meal is like the end to my work day. And I really enjoy that because it's a really nice way to slow my brain down because I have to be focusing on what I'm doing. Um, and then, yeah, so that's my, that's my go-to cooking dinner. Love it. Second question is what's challenging you to leave your comfort zone recently? Oh, well, I've just taken on a, a new client um, to work as a consultant on a project that I've n- never done before. And I've also um, struck up a partnership with some people I met at a festival in um, summer this year. So for me, it's now approaching people as someone that is officially running her own two creative businesses and that's how they see me and kind of stepping out of that previous Hannah Shell of thinking I was a freelance project manager for other people. So take, kind of taking ownership of the image, image that I've been projecting over the last year um, and kind of working towards that goal has really been pushing me out of my comfort zone recently, yeah. but in a good way. That's great. Exciting stuff. Uh, what are your goals for 2019? Uh, uh, my, oh, well, I've got loads, obviously. Um, my main goal is to be able to keep prioritizing my life and which the way I am now Uh, I'd like to become more financially secure um, just because I've got some big trips that I want to plan so I want to be able to have the money for them and just make both my businesses sustainable and to continue to make sure that I'm working towards my values and learning to say no to any projects that aren't going to be taking me towards my goals I think knowing when to say yes and knowing when to say no are probably the two hardest decisions that you need to make so just feeling that I'm being true to myself and when I'm working with other people that they can they can see that as well amazing and what's one resource that you'd recommend for other entrepreneurs listening I would say Facebook groups and networking events, there will never be a time where not see, when seeking out your community is not a good idea. So there's a really great quote by the minimalists and it's, you can't change the people around you, 
but you can change the people around you. So if you feel that you haven't got that support network at the moment, seek it out because you'll you'll find it. And there's you know there's the We Blog North uh, community, which for me I would champion that hugely as a fantastic resource. And there's lots of other creative communities online that you can join, but also getting out there and meeting people in real life. Um, the more you do it, the easier it is. And it's a really good way to really hone your own values by having to explain them to other people when you meet them. Um, so I would, I would say that trying to find your tribe online, but just as importantly, finding them offline as well. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And Holly and I didn't pay Hannah to say that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't think you have. I'm going to invoice you later. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you so much for, I feel like you've been so vulnerable and open and I just think everyone is going to get so much out of this chat. So thank you so much. I hope so. Thank you very much. Uh, Please shout yourself out. Let us know where we can go online to support you and follow along. All right, great. So um, I'm Better Not Stop, which is, I write it all lowercase one word, but everyone else seems to choose different guidelines but yeah better not stop that's on instagram facebook twitter i've just got back into twitter now so um that would be a great way to follow me because i really like connecting with people on there and then stag and raven is my art business um and that again that's stag and raven on all channels um and yeah connect with me online and if you're based in the northwest and want to come to any events in manchester feel free to reach out i do I, my events, I do pay for ones and free ones, but even for my paid for events, I always have donation only tickets, which are pay as you feel, uh, because I really want to encourage people to come along and see the value of my events, even if financial constraints uh, might be there. And I'm always around to answer an email or talk online. Um, so if you just want to reach out and ask for any support and advice, I'm always happy to get back to people that way as well fantastic and definitely check out the show notes guys because i'll link all of hannah's stuff um you have like an eventbrite page don't you so i can link i can link the eventbrite page so whenever you are listening to this you'll be able to see the upcoming events that hannah's doing so as i said at the beginning make sure you head to the show notes check out all of hannah's links follow her online she's fantastic We'd obviously love to see you at some events in Manchester, so check out the Better Not Stop events. Check out Weeblog North. As I said, we didn't pay Hannah to say that. She's just awesome and a very active member in our community. I always forget to say this, and I say it in my little outro, but if you've been listening to the podcast and loving it, maybe you're new and you've not yet left a review on iTunes or a comment or a like on SoundCloud, whatever you listen to this on, I love feedback, constructive or positive. You can also email me if you want to go more in depth, but a rating also really helps push the podcast up in search and helps other amazing women like yourself discover it women who really need to hear these messages and these inspirational stories so love you guys lots and see you soon thank you so much for listening to put yourself first if you enjoyed it or you have any feedback i would love you to leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening to this and if you'd like to reach out to me on social media to let me know you enjoyed it or just have a chat and say hi i'm at cat underscore horrocks on twitter and instagram 
And if you're feeling extra kind, share this on to a friend who you know needs to hear this one too.